Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Previously on Chaotic Normal. The crew of Melora's Borealis delve deeper into the Druid Grove on the Azure Stand, following Jules' guidance as they followed the arcane trail leading down the river through the center of the forest. They happened upon a number of obstacles blocking their path. First, a shiny pink tree that was being protected by a pixie who promised that they would also turn us into trees if we wanted. We disagreed, and so Phil decided to throw her into a bag of holding for safekeeping. We decided to investigate this pink tree further and discovered that it was actually a transformed dragon turtle. We wrestled this turtle, and Zelnern took a liking to it until it decided that Zelnern was now its father. We... Now having a dragon turtle in our possession, realized that it would not be smart to drag this thing further in with us, and decided to take it back to the ship. We now find ourselves back on Melora's Borealis, and have to make our way back all the way into the Druid's Grove. Will it be an easy way back, or will we find yet more obstacles in our way? Let us find out on Chaotic Normal, The Shattered Isles. finished a long rest now it is a night where you hear meepo screaming a lot and you hear a uh, dragon turtle wormling calling out for its mama and papa a lot uh and you hear the cook having to abandon his food halfway through to rush on down to the uh the hold which mind you has been recently emptied um i think that only cyclop is down in the hold now mm-hmm. after the uh the events of the mutiny night uh, or of the near mutiny night. Um, Has her demeanor changed at all or is she still extremely hostile towards me? Oh, she's afraid of you now because you proved yourself a uh, servant of the deep. I mean, fair. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I would say let's make her a crew member, but I don't trust her to be like, okay, you're a crew member now. We're all dipping. So you're going to mutiny and take the ship while we're gone, right? Cool. (laughs) 
The only thing that separates you from her is that she's an NPC. You're all the same otherwise. <laughs> well, boss, I'm kind of worried. Like, how do we keep her chained up if we got the dragon turtle in the... Is the dragon turtle in the cage now? Where's he live? That's his, that's his lair now. Okay, we can't keep Cyclop in there with Meepo. She's going to murder Meepo. Don't they have... Don't we have two cells like opposite on a hallway from each other? You have one that's like the hard, super durable, and then you have like simple iron bars. Oh, okay. So you can yeah, throw we... her before everyone was locked in the hard, super durable, no one can get out cell. So we can put her in the other one. Okay. Yeah, I think that should work. Make her wear manacles in there too. Yeah. 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 Not, none of this luxury bringing them tea stuff. Yeah. I bang on I bang on the the bars when I walk by. Nice. All right, but you all benefit from a long rest as Phil commits uh, prison prison abuse. I'm your jailer. Uh, you all benefit from a long rest, regaining spell slots. And the next day, um, you know it's pitch black out here, and it's a even like a, it's a cloud covered night. So uh, the Melora isn't even shining on this moment, letting you see out and across the black expanse of, uh, of ocean around you. And so it's utterly surprising in the morning when you head up on deck and look out and you do not see the Azure stand. You spin oh. around and you don't see the Azure stand. You do a full rotation and do not see the Azure stand anywhere. Uh, when you ask for a report, you find what the other officers have already found, and that's that the Azure st- uh, or that you or that the Azure stand is indeed still near you, uh, according to uh, your our eagle eye or whatever the, her name is up in the crow's nest. Uh, it's due north, about uh, probably a quarter day's uh, sailing. When uh, at, or you know when you lecture the. Uh, people who were on uh, deck to try and keep the boat in its position. How did they let it drift so far? They insist they didn't. They, you know, there's a bit of a time arguing with Celeste where they show, well, we didn't let it drift and you're uh, look pouring through maps to confirm it. And your calculations confirm Melora's Borealis barely drifted at all. They did a great job of keeping it in space. Leading to only one option, as Darwin Nash puts it. The island itself moved as if the trees overnight stood up and walked somewhere else. That is concerning. We must enter from the same direction, otherwise we will not be able to find our way again. How are we going to do that? It's been moving. On water. It's a great question. Uh, We just need to come in from the same direction, and hopefully the geography of the Azure Stand has not changed. And so (laughs) it is that you sail the Melora's Borealis uh, there. It gets there after about a quarter day's travel, so a few hours pass. Uh, and it's nearing midday already by the time you reach a good distance to the Azure stand and are able to start rowing out to it. However, uh, you know, it's hard to distinguish one copse of trees from another. But as you study it, nothing about it looks similar. There's the same concepts of open channels that a boat could row into, 
but you don't see the same entry point. Uh, the shapes of, in fact, the shape of the Azure stand of this mangrove island seems entirely different than it did yesterday. Well, all right, take two. We Wait, hold on, we Ken. Should, we should follow it though tonight. Yeah, yeah, we got to run this back. If we can't, if we don't know where we're going and we don't have enough time, let's. I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but. If I were you, this is what I would do. You're thinking, stay an extra day here. Don't go in today. Wait an extra day. Follow it. Yeah. Put half the crew on night shift. So they're following the island all night long. Then we get our good night's rest and we shove off first thing in tomorrow morning. Now that we know that this puppy's moving. Is anyone in our crew good at navigating? You You all kind of just listen to me. I hope so. You have a few people. No one's particularly great, but you have, like, navigator staff. So wait. Do I? Celeste, you know how to calculate that. If in a night it moved, like, half a day away, how many knots is that? How fast does a boat have to travel to keep up with it? You do the calculations that I don't think anyone at this table knows. (laughs) That's what you think. But the fan base, which is all avid... uh, sailors do know because we actually right now the way we get most of our listeners is people listen to the complete series of master and commander and then go <laughs> damn i need more realistic boat fiction and they hop over to this podcast yeah so let's just apply realistic boat fiction to our <laughs> overnight journey while we rest but i'm not trying I, to tell you guys how to do your job that's just how i would do it i pull out my little old-timey compass and i start making little steps on my map to see where it should end up. <laughs> All right. As uh, Celeste, so I imagine you're doing that, but like, I don't know actually if Celeste knows navigators tools. So you're also like flipping the, uh, you're also flipping the Taroka and be like, Oh yeah, of course it's going to go right. <laughs> oh no. I, no left. Have cart- <laughs> I have cartographers tools. That's the one. Uh, yeah. no, I'm actually proficient in navigators tools. Get out of my office, Bear. <laughs> you know, I actually could be the main character in this scene. <laughs> Celeste, I know you're busy, but can you read my cards really quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Come stop, on what, just stop what you're doing. Just stop what you're doing. Yeah, this isn't important, actually. <laughs> All right, so uh, Celeste, I need you to make a uh, intelligence cartographer's check. So add your uh, proficiency in cartography tools. And uh, your proficiency in sailing, I think, as well. So double your proficiency bonus plus your int mod plus the d20. Okay, it's going to take me a second. So your so int mod double plus my. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 12. 12. Um, you do an okay-ish job calculating it. Um, Rubert, you bumped in to say, hey, I also know Navigator's Being knocked tools. over my compass. <laughs> did you uh, lend advantage, though, and did knocking over the compass cause it to point directly to the thing And as she's yelling at you and saying, get out of here. Wait, what is that? And she realizes like a detail of the map she missed. Yeah, so- I'll, I'll make myself the villain if it helps. All right, that gives you advantage there. Uh- Great. <laughs> Wait, what is that? Actually, I got a 24. 
you look at it, it and you realize you were measuring in like centimeters, not in like meters. So all your math was wrong, but now it's right. Um, are you using the short rope for knots, not the long rope? I don't know how knots work. Uh, you do a really good job of calculating that assuming the Azure stand moves at the same speed tonight that it did last night, uh, you have the right uh, speed set and the knots known directionally you don't really know and you only have one data point to follow so you don't you couldn't like pre-predict where it's going to be tomorrow i start telling my team they all think i'm crazy because i'm usually using star reference points so i'm like all right see that upside down monk over there we may be going that direction but it doesn't really matter what direction we're going the point of the matter is that we're going to go at least two stars per hundred knots Okay, do you understand what I'm saying? So the pace that we just went today, let me spell it out for you. Okay, come here, sit down. I flip my card over. Do you read this? Yes, it is in fact a four of coins. That is correct. We need to be going that fast. <laughs> but ma'am, uh, what is that in knots? And what sort of heading is that? The heading is the moving island. One of the other uh, navigators kind of thwaps that first one and says, you daft twat. Obviously, the four of coins were headed for coins. You, you got to yes. follow your heart's intuition for money. That and is looks one at you, way smiling. to look at it. Yes. <laughs> the other that one gets mutter- you there. Yes. The other one grumbles, teacher's pet. <laughs> I grab the one who muttered. I'm like, come up here. We're going to make an example of you. <laughs> oh, man. I hand him the compass. I make him do the calculations. Uh, he's not good at it. It's embarrassing. And about a minute into your uh, your demonstration, you start to realize how kind of bullying and unfair it is that you've done. But it's too late to back down. And you I now- do a quick pivot and make it look like I was actually encouraging him the whole time. Because how is he supposed to read me anyway? He thinks I'm crazy. I give him a high five. I say, good job. Are we going the same pace we went earlier today? He says, yes. I pat him on the back and I have him sit down. I actually have a thing of gold star stickers. I give him one. And that's educating folks. <laughs> this is uh, why no one's allowed in my office. <laughs> so no one else can see that. Yes. Uh, it is so a very tricky maneuver. You did a great job though navigating or identifying it. So the crew has their instructions to follow tonight. Fingers crossed there's light that lets you see. Um, and that Melora will shine out. Uh, but so you just basically put around the ship, getting to know your new dragon turtle, uh, wormling and uh, familiar being friends with the crew and whatnot all day. Yeah. Uh, so the prison is at the bottom of the ship, right? Yeah. Uh, and at the bottom of the ship, you can have like a certain amount of water, right? Like, yeah, yeah. What? You can. Yeah. <clears throat> There's like a bilge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. prison's like in the bilge. Does it have a bunch of water in there already? Not currently, because remember, it had been very immaculately maintained by the previous uh, mutineer who was mutinying in your boat. All right. Uh, for the dragon turtle, I'll use create water to create... Ten gallons doesn't seem like enough. Ten gallons is a lot of water, though. Uh, I can guess it's flushing a... a toilet ten times. Uh, I'll cast it as a third level spell 
to create 30 gallons of water. I can do that multiple times today if I need to. All right. So you, you do, I mean, wow, 30 gallons is only four cubic feet. Wow. The things we learn. Um, so you, you spend time making water and flooding there while a few crew members throw uh, seawater buckets down in there, kind of just mucking up the bilge. Cyclops saying, there's still me down here. Oh, I know. <laughs> and uh, you know, Zelnern takes care of the cooking and uh, bonds with the dragon turtle down there while Meepo worships the dragon turtle um, and abases himself for it. And... Lots of family. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, come the nightfall, you take your next long rests while the crew tries to follow the uh, the Azure Stand. You note the whole day that uh, that Darwin Nash is writing in his journals, furiously updating them on everything you had seen in that day and the whole process of it moving. In fact, he insists on staying awake through the night to watch it Jules just so devastated by having to focus on detect magic for like 10 hours straight the previous day is still brain dead and uh, waiting. But uh, that evening, the crew tries to navigate. Does anyone forego their long rest to uh, assist the crew in chasing the Azure Stand? Nope. Uh, Phil will, but it's like misguided. He's like, yeah, I'll help. Note that you will have, but I'm just gonna do like skeezy fill stuff. That you will be suffering a level of exhaustion if you choose to stay up in the night. Oh hell yeah, I'll do it. All right, so you have disadvantage <laughs> on ability checks come the morning, but you're lending these people uh, a advantage. Celeste has already set the DC at ten. Phil's giving them advantage. They have plus two because of their crew quality. Without Phil, they would have gotten a two. Phil. How is it that you're fucking about on deck? Uh, when everyone's asleep, I'm like going in Zellner's, uh kitchen, just like looking around where he has stuff. Uh, just like a little kid, I'm like touching stuff, knocking it on the ground. <laughs> just turn around, go in the navigator's room, like pull open the door and see um, Celeste is there. And then I just like leave the door open and then turn around. <laughs> Uh, and then I like wake people up. Does anyone have any fishing poles? What about crab pots? What do you guys do when I'm not here? <laughs> so unfortunately, the uh, your advantage might not be enough. The uh, the moon does hide away behind, uh, locked in the embrace of the storm lord's cover, as the two disappear into darkness, leaving the place plunged in near blackness. Uh, and so it is that this next night rides out with the crew frantically looking on deck. And yeah, you would have that too, you know, you, you weren't really helping. They were already having a hard time seeing the two didn't really help, but actually the advantage turned it into a crit. So it just so happens that one of the scrub watch who has been basically tasked with following you around all night to undo the mess you're being creating uh, they've become so highly anxious and aware and trying to keep such conscious like uh, awareness of every problem you're leaving that they do better at keeping watch than anyone else on deck. And they happen to notice the trees starting to shuffle off in the distance. They call it out first. 
and the crew snaps to attention seeing it as well and uh you know you're there to see it as is darwin nash as you see the, off in the distance um and as you get closer to them trying to keep pace with them you see as it looks like every tree in the grove of the azure stand uproots itself and begins to walk pacing its way along walking almost swimming maybe or it has such ancient roots that stretch all the way down to the ocean floor as they walk across moving and marching ah it is as if the entire forest is awoken the entire grove awoken as if the are in walking it's sorry even as if it is that the entire grove has been awoken by some powerful treant within who is causing the whole of the mangrove to march its way towards where that treant deems there to be better waters and normally this would disappear it from your view but thanks to uh, that watchful scrub watch and the good calculations of celeste Melora's Borealis is hot on the tail of these trees, and so it is that they follow through the greater part of the night, and by morning, just before sun, sun rises, the tree, or sorry, just before twilight, the trees settle themselves, shaping into a new pattern, and Melora's Borealis is there and ready, just as dawn breaks. As you come out on deck, you know, crew waking you to let you know, hey, Dawn's readying, and this is when you wanted to go. You've benefited from a long rest. Uh, Darwin Nash, you find them out there nodding and saying, well, of course no one survives in the night. The whole island up in marches. Oh, to be caught in there in the dark. Treants. I've never seen them as mangroves, but I have seen them on land crushing terrible things even if they don't mean to be imagine being caught in that a mangrove forest and as it parts you disappear into the open ocean with crushing trees pushing down on you slamming and breaking into you it'd be a horrific death let's be sure to be back by morning then <sighs> that he yawns a huge yawn. And you realize he has suffered disadvantage on ability checks. Are you going to be alright, Darwin? Never better. You say so. I go look for the crew member that uh, followed Phil all night and I give him my, my portion of grog for the day. Hey, give me that grog, Chowdy. It's not for you. <laughs> Phil, let it go. Oh my god! It was all happy about Chowdy. Chowdy gets to see the moving trees. God, I stayed up all night. I did stuff too. You know, I already heard all the rumors, Phil. I hardly slept anyway because you came in and opened my door and left it open. (laughs) Yeah, wasn't it cold? Fuck you! No, I don't say that. (laughs) I don't say that. Sorry. Um, I just like to play pranks. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, you're the one that's been leaving those messages in my mirror? <laughs> all fogged up? It's creepy oh. as hell. What do you think? It was your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was rude. I'm sorry, Cap. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, 
All right, so uh, as Phil develops a new proclivity for pranks that might uh, suggest that the uh, the pixie, the pixie has is a- getting to him, <laughs> pixie's getting to him. Uh, yeah, Jasmine Islanipo's Arthurium Silk Song might have had a few words. Um, you head off into the uh, or head down on the naughty dreams, rowing back into it. Jules, having shaken free of the delirium that comes about from trying to focus on detecting magic for ten hours straight, uh, settles back into the boats and reluctantly enters back into that same trance to guide you. Darwin Nash pulls out his journal to scri- scribble in it and says, "Perhaps today we can avoid distractions." Can I choose to share with the crew what I had learned the first time we went through? Didn't we notice that uh, how the paths fork? Uh, it was beneficial moving like inward towards the older growth. Like whenever we forked towards a path, we always started going towards the older stuff, if I remember correctly. Hell yeah. That is the truth. So I, t- I tell people that as I yawn. Man, pranks get me tired. <laughs> pranks get me tired. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you set out, um, moving through it. Again, it is a day of finding wondrous displays, and fortunately, uh, the answer to how to get to the center has been solved by the follow the magic trick, um, and so you are able to row your way through it, following the, uh, the arcane flows within the water and making sure it always, when it has two options, always picking the path that's the old growth. The day wears on. You have a very early start now because you're starting like at, tw- at sunrise, so like it's 7 or 8 a.m. You're flo- rowing down into there. You're going fast. You already have solved the idea of how do we navigate, so you're going confident. And as you continue to flow through, moving within, you know, you occasionally see more of those crystal trees. You come across a scene of multiple. Um, you come across a scene of multiple, like uh, sunken uh, boats, about the size of Naughty Dreams, but they're so like filled with mud. You know, there's nothing of value in there. Um, however, you realize as you pass by these, or sorry, they're maybe like fishing vessels about the size of the Naughty Dreams. They are so entangled and broken with roots and filled with mud, but you realize that their flag looks relatively new. And as you row by them, a sickening feeling strikes you that these were likely fishers who the Azure Stand moved on top of while they were sitting out there in the open ocean, and the Azure Stand consumed their boats, crushing them in it. You think back to that pirate ship you found in the middle of the forest, and you begin to understand how it might have come to be. That's terrifying. Damn, that could have been us if it moved in the wrong direction. Yeah, it's a good thing it moved the same direction. Oh, God. (laughs) Or we got very lucky. Yeah, we got to drive away like all night when we leave this place but again you follow the flow moving up past a place where rushing water and rapids drags you along pulling you down as you realize the trees have almost shaped themselves a funnel as if to push this farther and faster and as you rush down here 
Uh, those of you keeping watch can't help but think there are creatures with horns and furred legs playing pan flutes, laughing as they dart along the side edges, watching as you're rushed along these bumping uh, rapids and let out into gentle waters. You never see those creatures again, but you get the sense as you move deeper and deeper that the fey pulls all about you, as if the azure stand itself moves the Feywild with it. And so it is that the crew of Melora's Borealis finds their way, uh, themselves floating on a beautiful, crystal clear, warm water with a pair of manatees swimming beneath them as they open into an incredible clear water pool. It's ringed, or it's maybe 40 feet across this pool, uh, with ringed with the most ancient growth mangroves you've ever seen. They stand tall and towering, stretching wide and full of broad leaves. But the most magnificent of them is the one at the center. It is not pink. No, it is an ancient creature beyond the others that sits there resting gnarled roots, and it seems to its roots stretch out from this center island, basically, out into the pool around it, and stretching its roots out to the entirety of the rest of the trees around it, and you have no doubt that these roots extend to the rest of the mangrove, intertwining throughout. As you reach it, you can feel the primal power surging from this place. Not just Celeste as a druid, but all of you feel your raw animal self gravitating towards this. The manatees splash in the water and then disappear away from you into the crystal pool and clearly enjoying its purity. And as you sit there sort of at the edge of this water, you have no doubt you have found the heart of the Azure Stand. Well, <clears throat> do we, let's take a look around before we just, uh, dip that you are in. Nash holds up his hand and says, before we enter that thing in the middle, I've no doubt it's the guardian, that tree end that would have been moving them last night. Perhaps better to destroy it now while it hasn't yet attacked us. I don't, oh. I don't think we should destroy it. Who knows what ramifications that would have on the rest of this isle. Perhaps we can, if it is truly a living, intelligent being, it can be talked to and reasoned with. He, said, or he, he mutters slightly and then says, If you're wrong, and he eyes the uh, massive mangroves about you and the memory of the entire island being awakened fills your mind says if you're wrong this might just be the end of our expedition we might be yet another story of people who made it to the heart and never made it out perhaps it's because they all thought like you and made the mistake of attacking this ancient being it's only a consideration this group hasn't been strictly friendly to the forest. True. We do have a pixie caught in a bag of holding and exposed to whatever madness that limbal space must subject a creature to. Oh, no. Hey, uh, 
I don't tell you how to do your job. You don't need to tell me how to do my job. <laughs> now, anyways, I turn on my protector cannon. Like that anyways. spider <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like... And then... <laughs> all right, everyone get in here. I'm going to... I got something for you. And then I give everyone uh, 6 temp HP. All right, so uh, you are on the edge of the crystal pool. There is a large mangrove at the heart that... Uh, the Dharma Nash suspects is a tree ant that's been animating this island. Uh, this is the crystal pool, though, that you're supposed to fill the Ur with and collect its magical waters. At this point, Jules has passed out from the strain of an entire day of like concentrating on detect magic. Oh man, we could use his magic of tongues to talk to this thing, but hey, yeah, you deserve the rest. Thank you, Jules. Uh, prop him up, make sure he doesn't, you know, fall face first into the pool and drown or something. So is the tree in, like, the center of the pool? Basically, yeah. And, like, the roots so, rise up to almost create an island around it, maybe five, ten feet wide. And this tree and is easily, like, like... 40 feet around that tree itself. In yeah, yeah. Directions. So it's, like, a 40-foot donut. Like, the donut size is 40 feet wide. With like okay. uh, the hole at the center is the tree, or like an island in the center is this hulking okay. tree, and it's ringed with giant trees. So, our understanding is that this water is the fountain, and there's not like a fountain. Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's what we're we're working towards. Okay. Ooh. Well, come on, uh, explorer dude, you're and, the boss uh, now that we're in here. Basically, before Jules passed out. They confirmed that this place seems to be the source of where the magic is flowing out of. So this deep pool is soon to be the pseudo fountain of life that was talked about. Um, well, uh, Darwin says, well, if we're not going to kill it, then I suppose there's nothing but to enter its to, to row out into its waters then. But I appreciate the defensive moves you've taken, Phil. And he kind of pads his own uh, Zilcomnus pistol and uh, says that uh, I encourage the rest of us have our weapons handy, if not readily at hand. Do ants speak druidic, or do they only speak ant-type languages? Um, well, uh, ant is a copyright term of the Tolkien estate, and we would never say that on this uh, on this podcast. We uh, do bent. not have the rights for that, though. I think she she was saying bent, um, yeah. but the term is treant or trent. So trent, yeah. Does trent speak druidic? Yeah, they do. Oh, cool. Great. Look good then. We can talk. Mm-hmm. Have a little, be, little chat. Yeah, I would be wary of breaking the surface of this water though would you I don't know it just seems like disturbing this water seems an ill omen uh can I I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing a circle around the water like on foot or what do you mean on on land like circling uh the... Alright, so you climb out of Melora's board, or out of uh, the Naughty Dreams to do that? Yes. Because okay, yeah, you're like rowing in on like a river. Yeah. Uh, so you climb out onto the shore, which is made of tangled, gnarled roots of these uh, mangroves. 
and you scramble your way across it's fucking bitch to do just trying to sense the uh, perimeter of it mm-hmm. trying to see it like me like and seeing if there's like I don't know corpses or other signs that other people have been here is what I'm looking for make an investigation nine uh nine you're more focused on your own feet getting tangled Mm -hmm. and stumbling and not trying to topple into the water so it's not a great job but uh you don't ever see anything okay maybe we just throw to the center but yeah um since it speaks druidic and since my uncle also handles a mangrove are there like any stories that I could like try to remember that he might have told me when I was little about weird trees and like the religion or the spirit of it yeah uh, make a uh, religion check with advantage on that Uh, so what you know from what your uncle was telling you is that uh, Treant at 16 you don't so you know for just from a sense of like power and like what the monsters can do uh, they're relatively uh, durable like AC being made of thick wood uh, they have pretty good amount of HP um, they are resistant to bludgeoning and piercing damage and but they are vulnerable to fire However, uh, the treant sl- uh, usually fights by slamming its great bulking body into creatures, uh, dealing a tremendous amount of damage with each slam. Uh, but it also has the ability to animate trees at will, and each of those trees tears itself from the ground and does the same uh, type of slamming and breaking that the treant is wont to do. As for, uh, so that's what you know about them kind of combatively. Um, also, they deal double damage to objects and structures, so goodbye Melora's Borea, or to Naughty Dreams. Um, but, as for their more culture or interaction with them, you know that treants are uh, an aged treant, which this certainly is, is usually prone to quiet contemplation rooted in place, or usually they're rooted in place as though a normal tree uh, when they're old, but this one seems to be moving frequently, as you saw before, suggesting that the treant is old, or despite its age, it is acting like a shepherd and is not. Or which it tells you that the treant does not feel safe and does not feel as if these waters are good enough for it, or that they can be safe out here in these oceans, as if it feels its grove is at risk. Because treants are to their forests or groves what a uh, shepherd is to his flock of sheep. They, they are his to, uh, or more like a priest is to uh, his flock of worshippers. They are his children, they are his uh, people, they are his responsibility and duty, and it is the treant's job to see that they are cared for and everything in its vicinity is cared or in its confines is cared for um but they are gardeners and they are not to be on tearing out weeds when they uh see them so you know that uh interacting with this one based on the various stories your uncle has told you is that you should recognize it is clearly 
distressed or at least feels unsafe and like its grove is threatened. Hence the movement. Okay. I try to re-explain that to the group. And then I just add on that my uncle, I never believed him because he always told me that when I was in trouble that the that Trent was going to get me. Um, but, but he might actually have something to it. And then I suggest that Zelnern and I go up to try to talk to him. But we should wait to go into the water. Otherwise, it might frighten him. And you should put any weapons away. Otherwise... He will for sure crush you. Sounds good to me. That's my suggestion. That sounds like a good suggestion. Follow. You guys should take the, take the ewer. Take that with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll hand the ewer to Celeste. Hey, can you... Uh, can you fill my flask, too? Just with the water? I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Darwin stows his... Is there still his drinks water. in that? I take a swig of it. It tastes like um, like Aperol spritz or whatever <laughs> that nasty. Wait, whoa! You don't like a spritz Aperol? Like yeah. Spritz. Wow. <laughs> well, no. It is, yeah, it's like an Aperol spritz, this but it's fucking just... uncultured. There's I was in Campari in it. In it. <laughs> I was in Europe, so I like spritz Aperol. Nice aperitivo. I don't know. Maybe the sea hags? I haven't opened this thing in a while. Oh, yeah, it does taste a little musty, huh? Surprised it's still bubbly. So, as you finish off the contents of the flask uh, that you've been asked to fill, as well as the ewer, um, so is the plan you're going to wade into the water, or are you just, like, standing on the gnarled roots of the shore to try and call out to it, or are you talking to it from, trying to talk to it from within the naughty dreams? We're gonna try to get its attention from a distance and see if we can approach from the gnarled roots. Alright, so there is no way to reach it from the gnarled roots without going in the water. Because it's a circle of roots surround, or roots and trees surrounding this uh, pool of water, at the heart of which is this uh, great uh, treant slumbering. Perhaps we all row in, but Celeste and Zelnern, you just disembark and Zelnern, I don't think you should have your axe on you. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Trees don't what like if I, axes. I could, like, enlarge you. Would that make you bla- your voice a little bit more booming? Maybe you could yell at it from the shore? Um, or would that be threatening? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never talked to Trent before. I've only been threatened by my uncle's version of him, so it's hard to say. Let's keep it at, let's keep it at a as an opportunity though. Okay. Well, you know the story with your uncle is scary. Yeah, Trent's going to get it. you. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of us siblings. He had to somehow control us when he was babysitting us. All right, so uh, clarify what you're saying here is the goal to I think row. we're going to row Melora's Borealis into the center island where the treant is. Zelnern and Celeste will disembark sans weapons. Oh, and... onto his roots. 
Yeah. Or maybe. What do you mean? When you're saying disembarked, you mean hopping into the water? Or what does that mean to disembark? Uh, like, because he has kind of like a little island that he's yeah. in the center of, right? Yeah. yeah. My grandmother, Willow. But it, like, his, his, the island is made of his roots, is the only thing I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 He yeah. is the island. Mm hmm. So, yeah, uh, on to him. And then I, Celeste and Zilner will talk to him and will stay in the boat holding everyone's weapons, looking as unhostile as possible. Hostile as maybe, possible. Got it. Maybe you guys should ask him, you know, permission to come aboard. But just... Oh, it's a good call. Good call. <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. Um,. Uh, kick away the right. bad water. <laughs> so, uh, you row in. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mind you, the space that I described isn't as large as I was thinking when I said, oh, I was saying 40 feet. I did way too small here. Ignore me and my drawing. The, uh, so the Naughty Dreams is rowed in, brushing into the surface of the clear water. And as the uh, row oars dip in, you almost see it looks like the aged wood seems to heal and almost sparkle and almost look new. And as you pull the ore out, you realize that there are twigs growing on the uh, ore as the wood of it was rejuvenated to uh, plant life. 
meanwhile, uh, or you, you see row closer and closer every time you plunge it in, more and more like foliage grows on each ore. You look over the side and see that similar roots are spreading out from the hull of the naughty dreams as the wood itself is almost becoming alive here in this uh, uh, in this water. And you reach your way over towards the, uh, you reach your way over towards the uh, roots. And there is a moment where you realize the boat, it's your last decision. Do you let it bump into the roots or do you take hold of the roots, either of those? Or do you want to turn away and row away? Do you want to make contact or no? I don't think we should, not with the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should we get out then? Yeah. You pull I start short. turning it. I start turning it. <clears throat> Get as, let's get as close as possible. I, I don't want you to step in the water. I, we don't know what will happen to you if you make contact. I like try to jump. Are you gonna try? All right, you lean over want... across, yeah. and you lunge, trying to bridge the gap. You're close enough that it's not a problem. The uh, the nutty dreams rocks back and forth though with the brush of it. A little water splashes on, and where it hits onto one of the benches, you see that the. Uh, and like the wood kind of sparkles there almost live growth instead of old treated wood um this is totally like phil's main thing is trying to find the fountain of youth and get younger uh as we're like turning the boat out can i like low-key just like have my hand over the side and dip my fingers in and see if i see any change in my hand as I like look up do you dip, uh, your, do you dip the, you do you dip hand. the hand with the missing finger yes mm. I dip the hand with the missing finger uh, as I do you wear any jewelry on that hand yes I do what is the jewelry uh, Phil like has oh my god it's gonna make all that shit grow into my hand um, he I've described him before he has like gold and silver on every finger like every finger has a ring your fingers brush into the water just as Celeste climbs onto the roots of the treant. Celeste, you are almost shaken off of the uh, roots as suddenly it stirs and shudders, grumbling. Uh, you look down at your fingers and you see... Or, Sorry, oh god, what's your name? Phil, you look down at your fingers and you see that where the metal has touched the water, almost like a black corruption has spread out from the metal into the water and the treant shakes wildly and you hear a groaning and suddenly Celeste right before you eyes open a mouth parting and a thunderous voice booms out who brings metal into my waters Phil pull it out Phil pull it out I hate that I did that. I'm so sorry. I didn't even think about that. Um, You pull it free, shaking your hand loose and feeling all five fingers stretching away. And you look down to see you have all of your fingers. Oh, man. Uh, But the treant booms. Metal brought by corrupting outsiders ruinous takers and the eyes stare at you tightened in anger angry celeste 
Each eye is maybe a foot and a half tall in front of you, the mouth parting with gnarled teeth made of crushing wood, but still looking human-like, as if they're exclusively meant for chewing on plants. Uh, and they sit there oh. churning at you as the vine or the roots writhe and turn around you. Celeste, you have this last chance to jump back to the Malo- or the naughty dreams, or else risk being entangled by the roots. Do you do it? Um, um, this might be risky. I am going to try to cast Healing Word on the water to pull out the metal and heal the ends. And Can I see the blackness in the water? Like uh, yeah, it it's is. like a light pool of it, like ink dropped in the water. Fuck, I dip my head in and start drinking it. <laughs> I drink the blackness. As you plunge Sorry your head into the water, so you plunge you your head into the water. On your head, that's to fix it. Earrings the earrings in? bleed into the, the water. Teeth. Your teeth oh leaking into it as metal pours out. It's that feeling of um, when you have a metal filling and like, is it wood that touches it or something that basically hugely disgusting. Chewing on tinfoil? Tinfoil, yeah. It's that taste is what you get in your mouth as the metal the leeches black into the water and the tree ant thunders. Uh, oh. Meanwhile, uh, Celeste, you rapidly turn, choosing to sacrifice any chance you have to escape to heal the water. Roll the uh, HP as though you're trying to restore the hit points to the water. Uh, I almost want to do the aura of vitality instead, but... Ugh. Oh, wait, I rolled the wrong one. One second. Fifteen. Wow. Uh, you see the blackness pulling out of him shrinks down, receding back as the healing magic seem to drive it out. Uh, does anyone in the boat yank uh, Phil back out of the water? Yes, I will. As he leeches more and more metal in. You pull him back out. Uh, Phil, you're wincing in pain as the piercings in your ear have all healed, shoving the metal out. Oh. Uh, and did you have a patched eye? <laughs> Uh, I think I had both of my eyes. No, but, but you, I was like missing teeth and stuff. Uh, you I, now that I think about that, like I had gold teeth and stuff. Curly lights. Your <laughs> mouth. Is your mouth. now. Your mouth opens and piles of metal teeth topple out. Rotten teeth have now healed and new teeth shoving in, but they do not grow in straight and perfect. They grow in like the broken, gnarled roots of a tree, reaching for whatever <laughs> space they can take. As you have a jangled mess of teeth now in your mouth and a loose pile of gold spilling out. Uh, Celeste, you, meanwhile, does a... Or I need you to make an acrobatics check as the roots tuck and squeeze around you. Actually, never mind. Don't make that. You chose not to lunge away from it. Chose to heal. Uh, at a 21, the treant's roots wrap and ensnare Celeste, and the treant shuffles itself free, great arms of branches pulling out as it snarls. Violators, corruptors come to break, hacking, slashing. <laughs> <laughs> Poisoning with gold and silver, Metals torn and stolen, servants of the serpent, things, evil doers. And it booms in anger at all of you. It is clear that this thing it means to do you harm. Oh, so, no, do you no, no, do no, anything? Sorry. 
You plead we're out, we're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. We weren't trying to do that. We just wanted to talk. Uh, I'm going to need a persuasion. Do you say this in druidic? Yeah. I'm trying to speak in druidic to try to help them in. Can I Hopefully throw a bardic inspiration to Celeste? Please do. Oh. Did you throw a dagger? No. <laughs> Celeste, you got this. Trust the stars. Uh, the monk was upside down, which means pure confidence. I got a 20. 20? Um, let's you see how a you did as well? Yeah, that's what the D8 is. Okay. So he is hostile to you. But he looks at you as you say that, uh, pleading out, and he takes a second, hearing the druidic, looks down at you, puzzle on his face, and... Daughter of the islands. Yes. Why have you come corrupting? I can, I can send them away. They're with me. I can send them away. None are allowed to leave that have touched the waters of Azharstan. Please hear me out. My my uncle told stories about you. You're really you're you're really someone I've always heard about. So I'm really honored to meet you, Trent. May may I call you Trent? May I stand here? And I start trying to talk more calmly. Like, as if I'm trying to, like, match the pace of the winds and the branches, like, moving. Make like, a persuasion with advantage for that. I got a 12. Trent, a people. My name, Miragolo. Miragolo. Shepherd of the Azure Stand. And you, daughter of the islands, bringer of thieves and corruptors, you may be servants of the serpent things. Who are the serpent things? Wouldn't you know? We are not their servants, so no. My uncle serves and takes care of Obed High. Give me one good reason to believe you are not serpents. I look back and I see Rubert realize I'm screwed. And I said, Okay, hear me out. What's his name again? Malo. Miragalor. Miragalor. And I I gesture to ask if I can sit to kind of be in like this grounded meditative pose. Um He does not let you out. Instead he is sitting still clutching you tightly, ready to squeeze and crush. <laughs> um Our friend has been cursed. I am also here under prophecy. I've been letting the stars guide me here with me and my friends. It is not a normal path. I acknowledge that. Um, but Miragular, you must understand we are all in trying times right now. And it seems like you too are distressed and not following a normal path yourself. And persuasion I think we can help that. each other out. That one might be it. Give me a persuasion there. Oh, it's it's not good. It's, it's a nine. 
He shakes his I'm head scared. and branches shuffle. No, no, no. Do not touch my water. I must consult the woods. And he settles back, still holding Celeste in a crushing position. And there is a rustling and a groaning and creaking from him. And the trees all around creak and groan. You get the sense as they slow creak and groan that they are talking. The whole of the forest, the whole of the mangrove communicating, engaging with each other as Maragalor, the uh, shepherd of the Azure Stand, reaches out to ask, to ask about you. Knowing Druidic uh, Celeste, you don't quite know the Sylvan which they're speaking, but you can understand that's what his inquiries are. He is asking about these intruders into the Azure Stand. Who are they? What have they done? How did they overcome? How did they overcome the challenges? The Crystal Grove. He groans. Fortune, theft, plants of value. You left them to grow to reach their aid. Perhaps not thieves. The Corpse Coast. A corpse were those whom tried to hack away my children. You left your boats. You did not break. You risked yourselves rather than hurt. Perhaps you aren't here to defile either. But are you here to steal this water for your own purposes? Or are you you people who can appreciate beauty? And he groans and creaks out into the woods. And after a few moments, his eyes narrow. What have you done with Jasmine Isley Nipple's Arthurian Silk Song? She painted the tree. Uh, she made the dangers pink. She babysat the dragon turtle. And you have disappeared the turtle from my keeping. And you have made her gone. Sent her from this realm where no tree nor wind can hear her word. And the view, Celeste, you feel it crushing. You feel it squeezing you as if one wrong answer and it will break you. We thought she was hurting the dragon turtle, so we kept him safe. They're They're both totally okay. We heard how the grove takes care of the young. And it didn't seem right to hurt the trees. <laughs> Where is Jasmine's Nipples Atherium silk song? It bellows in a thunderous voice that echoes through the trees, even out on, or like, on the edges of the Azure Stand. They hear, Where is silk song? What a wild. Oh god, I opened yeah. the <laughs> You open the bag, and you 
unfortunately, as you untie the bag, the first thing that happens is a great pink mangrove tree comes shooting out <laughs> the top of it. Uh, one of many items inside that she has turned into mangrove trees. It scatters out, and she comes riding out of it, screaming, Farina! <laughs> she launches into the air and uh, splashes down into the water. Now, of course, as the uh, tree hits the water, uh, it blooms and blossoms, taking root. Whatever item this was is now a permanent pink tree fixed in the waters here. She splashes in the water, uh, shaking herself clean, and then flies into the air and says, Who is it? Who's the son of a bitch who did that to me? Huh? I've been to the other side. I've seen the crazy things out there. I've looked into the gnashing teeth, and I know. I know. Oh, hi, Maragalar. <laughs> <laughs> Maragalor looks over and says, Careful, Silk Song, or you'll soon not be a pixie but a sprite. Go to your tree and rest. I'll deal with these slavers. Why else would you steal the children of the sea and wood? To keep them safe. We were only trying to protect like you do. You were trying to protect Silk Song by shoving her in a bag of holding. She was hurting the creatures of the forest. I need a persuasion. And it is because you did other two other things good. The DC is only 10. Well, I got an 18 minus 1. Wait, no. Am I? No. Plus. Oh, no. That's perception. Yeah. Minus 1. 17. He nods, creaking slowly in consideration. Perhaps not servants of the snake, of the serpent thing. It, it was all a misunderstanding. Do not place the tale. Do you like stories? Explain yourselves. I take the next couple two hours to relay the season one podcast of Shattered Isles. <laughs> it's been seventy hours. When does the adventure happen? <laughs> <laughs> they but they brought up that magic item four episodes ago. Why don't they simply use it again? What about the first dragon link? That's what I said, Malagor. Tell me about it. Yeah, no, you're right. Rubert was mutinied. He is not technically captain. I don't understand. Jules was awake when they first entered. Why is he asleep now in the boat? He cannot handle magic like you can, my friends. Can I call you my friend? This is quite um, a tale. I need a performance check from one of you as you engage in this tale. From one of us? Somebody. who, Because I imagine the group leans in to share this story. Yeah, I'll make the performance <laughs> check. And with advantage, because the group's leaning in, if you do good enough here, you might have made a fan I of Maragalore. How I, I help is to remind people to slow down while they're talking. <laughs> I cast Guidance and I instruct... Uh, Rubert to start kind of singing as if he's matching the branches of the trees since he's a bard. So yeah. you get guidance from me. 
And Robert is not a good singer because normally he does knife tricks to tell stories, but he doesn't pull out his do knives. <laughs> Don't pull out my knife. Start knives. naturally moving your hands as if you're tossing yeah. knives. Without the knives, he's just like you just move it like a branch wildly. Like pretend they're branches. Talking, <laughs> like waving my hands in the air. Uh, that's going to be oh plus a d4, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, 16 plus... Uh, 23. Maragalor nods by the end of the tale. He's a fan. Yes. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Ooh. So you have come to deep of the waters. Yes, we seek to... Learn more of the ancient ones. We have brought an item of theirs, a boon of sorts. I heard it in the episode. Worry oh. not. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, of course. We followed the stars all the way here, Maragalor. What could? What do you need that we might be worthy of the waters? And I start trying to talk like I'm trying to take care of him. Because I, who's taking care of him? <laughs> I tell you simple things. These waters no longer safe. Not for many years. Thanks to those people who came before. Ancient ones, you call them. Serpent things, I name them. They broke this world, shattered our islands in their quest for power. They are servants of the things in the deep, and they ushered them forth into my world. Our roots stretch down to the ocean floors, once warm, now icy cold. Kelp and vines, kelp and sea vines stretch, coil about our roots, so we must move that we don't too get claimed by the deep. These waters are not safe, and every year that their shattering storm slinks away, they become less and less safe. Something grows in the deep, something spreads, a new storm builds, Druid, a new storm comes. Wait, the way the Everstorm is coming back? I know it. <laughs> I do not know if a breaking storm it will be, but another try at what broke the world, I can be sure. So take your water, find your treasures, but tell no one that you made it to the Azure Stand. 
The heart cannot be known as a thing that can be found. We move at nightly. I cannot fortify. You must go as the others have, and say you never made it here. That none live who reach the heart of Azure-Stand. Swear to this, and I will not crush you in these waters. You have my word. Where? And you have not my axe. <laughs> A pledge to not use the axe is the most powerful thing from one of the mountain holds like yourself. I was surprised to discover you were not of the sea, but as I learned in the first episode and the bonus <laughs> episode that you introduced me to, and which I had your session zero, it was interesting to discover that you are of the Rockmar Dwarves. Thank you. A lot of people don't uh, realize that when they first meet me. <laughs> I'd be very interested to hear you returning to their holds to liberate their once great strongholds, also destroyed in the Everstorm. Thank you for your support on that. I think that's the next story arc we're going to do, so stay tuned. <laughs> Unfortunately, I cannot, for you should never return, nor can you tell anyone that you were able to make it here. I grow weary. Take of my poor. Drink as you will. And treat your new tree well. At this point, he's gesturing to uh, the Naughty Dreams, which is fully made of living bark now. It has sat in this water long enough that the Naughty Dreams is now a living boat. <laughs> oh hell yes oh, is it awesome. going to grow into a normal sized boat in time if fed and treated well it shall grow what do you feed boat fresh water not too okay. much salt oh oh god how would you recommend explaining this boat that we got without finding the hearts. I can come up with a story, don't worry. Fae magic, whatever. <laughs> uh, well, you are tired, okay. As you guys know from the recap, uh, I gotta hop in the water now, so I'm gonna get naked. Um, take all my metal off. Wait, yeah. So. Please double check. All right. <laughs> Uh, uh, Phil does a full 360 in front of you guys. Oh, I forgot my Prince Edward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here Maybe I go. <laughs> Into the water you go, and at first it is cleansing and wonderful. Uh, the piercings close, and this time there's no metal. They're driving out refreshed. You're a certain COPD that you've been developing from the amount of like cigars that you're that he smokes uh, is gone your lungs heal your skin it's like the best retinol you've ever experienced uh, de-ages and wrinkles you are not 
necessarily reduced in age, but because you are a pirate on the open sea before sunscreen, you definitely do de-age in appearance. Go ahead and roll a d6. Does your leg? Oh, does his leg grow back too? Oh, we're about to tell you what happens to that. Oh. Um, I'm trying to like bake in this. I'm just trying to get like. Don't spend too long in it. I'm trying to be a little boy. <laughs> well, no, I was trying Avery's to. Avery's age. I was trying to take a new identity when we left here. Um, let me roll. The self roll on DND Beyond's annoying. I got a three. Three? Uh, you de-age by nine years. Fuck. Hell yeah. Um, however, the pleasantness as you pull yourself back onto the boat and you look a much younger man. Uh, the pleasantness, and you start to realize it's going to be aging you again if you stay in here any longer. Um, or actually, sorry, it's restored you to your most vital state, which is about nine years ago, apparently. Uh, but as you crawl back into the boat, you look down, expecting to see your leg, and to your horror, it has instead animated the wood, or made the your the wooden leg living wood. You now have a living tree. <laughs> For a lake. It too will grow if treated properly. <laughs> it's also it's not water. Leg is alive. It is also oh, fused to your skin now, cannot be removed. <laughs> Treat it well and it too shall grow. I don't know what to say. <laughs> There's like little twigs sprouting out from it. I'll take good care of it. I'm sorry. I'll tell you what, I you need me to get the metal in the water. You get, this is all I ever wanted. You get a boon from it as well. Uh, the your leg produces good berries once oh, per oh, day. Yeah. Once per day, you oh. can pick the good berries off of your leg. Oh, my leg be kind of overpowered. Sick. Uh, do I? Am I recognizable as Phil, or am I almost not recognizable? Uh, I, well, well, you tell me. What would nine years do to you? Because uh, what were you? You're like 40, right? Yeah. But also, most of the hey guys, skin damage is done. So, like, it's a lot of yeah. de aging. <clears throat> uh, hey. Uh, why don't we just say that I died in here? You know, why don't you guys. I got a good one. Why don't you start calling me uh, uh, Randy Rasmussen? Randy? Yeah. Randy Rasmussen. I haven't used that one that much. So right, if you Randy. want, okay. we can move out, Lambo. This is such an Thanks. identity positive uh, pirate crew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miragalor, I I have one question for you. Say what you will. Cursed creature, I heard in the podcast about the things you have done. I heard of your oath. I heard of how you wear kelp about your neck. It's gross, isn't it? It too shall grow. Oh. I, I have not touched the water at all, by the way. I, Good. I, I would not deign to sour your waters with my gift, but the travelers you have come across, that have come across you, do you remember them all? People and things fade and blend together. 
Did a man named Alans perhaps visit you? Alans Grayson. Grayson, yes. He sought a treasure of the deep. He knew my roots probed. He wanted to know if they had probed where he sought. Black stone hurled from the depths, great talent things that crawl in that pumice. I told him not to go, but east is where he went. Beyond the vents, in a place of black stone hurled from the sea, in search of a treasure buried in the deep. Thank you. We will tell no one of this. Now I rest. You lay your boat shall grow with care. Well, quick, oh, I was gonna offer help. Maragalor. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. I, I thought I had more time and I start pulling out my map and my troca deck and I was like, please, can I, can we try to find you a place to rest? I will rest when the storm stops brewing. Well, that's just my nightmare. I've been telling you all of this that the storm is coming. Like every day, and none of you believe me. We, we should go. I'm a little I, yes, Thank I. You. Now you do. No, I just didn't the ever want storm. to. Yes. Uh, Maragalor descends into a slumber. Uh, and uh, Darwin Nash has written all of this down. He seals it and binds it and says. Well, of course, we can't tell anyone anytime soon, but when the time comes... There's no time that's going to come. Well, he said that this ever storm is stopped. Now, fill the ear, and we're ready to get away from here. True discovery is soon to come. And you heard what he said. Ancient ones, he thinks of them as servants of the deep. That they were trying to summon something... And that they caused the Everstorm? What discoveries will we find in the Forbidden City? Come, come, let's fill that ewer and get away. Oh, yes. Oh, can I proofread that really quick? I want to make sure you spelled the names correctly. Perception. <laughs> uh, deception. That's going to be 22. Thank you, my druidic is, fle- uh, is not so good. Uh, would he check your... Oh, he hands it over to you. Uh, I think Maragalo, and I honestly couldn't quite get her name. Was it Jasmine Island Nipples in Thurium Silk Song? Is that what I heard? Island Nipples? Yeah, I believe... Uh, yeah, let me just correct that, and then I'm going to throw the book into the water. The book hits the water, and the pages scatter in a beautiful shower of, like, uh like dandelion fronds as the paper seems to come to life and animate into the air. He looks up and says, what? Every one of my journals. 
First all of those lost to the goblins, and then this one. This documented everything since we left camp. I will rewrite it later. Mm, no, you, you, seem, you seem to have been clumsy and slipped. <laughs> yes, let's say that. Now let's fill this ewer and get the fuck out of here. As you dip the ewer a few minutes later into the water, the mayonnaise flows <laughs> ruining the pool, and uh, it's all done. No, uh, it fills the water a glug, 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 and it is heavy to hoist out, and you realize just the power of this water. You kind of wonder what would happen if you got the, uh, if you were to, you know, get Melora's Borealis covered in this water and have a living wood uh, ship, but, uh, yeah. How are we gonna bring this back? Like a ear full of water. And we'll tell him we didn't find it. We'll just uh, say we didn't find it and uh, we'll keep this between us. Hey, can that fit in the bag of holding? There's no we can lid. just tell him we broke the ewer. Uh, oh, there's no lid? Darwin Nash kind of shakes his head and says, It'll spill everywhere, and we already know that your bag of holding is full of trees right now. <laughs> oh, God. Think of all the cool groves that will grow out of it, though. I don't think the crew paid much mind to the ewer, to be honest. I just used it to give them wine or no beer that night. I know you wanted it for mayonnaise, Zeldarn. So a couple of the bop. <laughs> it was vegan mayonnaise. Uh, all right, so you make your way out of it. In fact, uh, it seems that uh, Maragalor has been kind and has the trees part as you approach, making it very easy for you to exit. You've made a very good impression on the uh, shepherd of the Azure Stand. Uh, nearing nightfall, you break out back to the uh, edge of, or back to the ocean and row your way back to Melora's Borealis. And as you climb it, you look back to see the trees standing and moving, their, their impossibly long roots stretching down to the ocean floor below as they begin their nightly sojourn to find somewhere where the deep can't claim them.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.